0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 135 of This Nintendo Life. My name is NBZ, and I have been struck, as the famous Disturbed song goes, down with the sickness, ooh, ah, 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 ah. Probably one of my favourite songs to just put on when I need a big build-up. It's one of those songs that just has a slow build, and then it just, like, slams you in the face. Um, so yeah speaking of music that was what we did on our recent Patreon show as well we talked about some yeah, music which was fun
1: we did I think my favourite slow build song is Rage Against the Machine bullet in the head okay I'm not sure if I've heard that one I probably that's, have done in the past but man yeah. when when the bass drops on that song it's like oh that's a good song there's a euphoria, euphoria. Yeah. in yeah. terms of like that raw kind of emotion in an angry song I th- I, my favourite band would be Rage Against the Machine in that sense yeah
0: they're pretty yeah. good at that stuff um, definitely uh, I don't know it's, it's one of those things I appreciate in, in music not not the dubstep style drop but like the more the oh, more no, kind of as
1: as no that's an, that's an artificial drop that's where yeah, someone exactly. said do you know what sells well a drop right? yeah let's put it in every damn song
0: <laughs> yeah let's commercialise these drops so yeah Jesus. god damn um, well, hopefully I won't drop down dead in the middle of this episode. I'm um, hopefully going to last on through. The show always goes on, as we say. Um, but I'm joined by Bally, who is probably significantly more healthy than me right now. How are you feeling, Bally?
1: I'm very good, Demi Um The US government is still shut down, but the podcast, yeah. it just keeps trucking along.
0: Hey, politics is happening right now. What the fuck is our country even going to be in two weeks' time? Who knows? Um Things things are in a bad place, I would say. So yeah. so let's forget about that. And talk about Nintendo and video games instead. <laughs> That'll um, fix it. Just like brush it to the side. <laughs> that's that's fine. Um, uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about some video game stuff and, and stuff in this episode. I keep using the word stuff because...
1: Are you wanting to know what segments we're going to have today, MZ? No,
0: no. First of all, I want to give a shout out because we are going to be talking about our next Backlog Club game at the end of this episode. Um, so stay tuned to that because we will have uh, another poll of nominees um, that people can vote on and, and see who uh, what game we're going to be choosing for our next episode. Um, so So yeah, that's something that if you don't know what Backlog Club is, it's basically a thing that... We do every once in a while where we all play a game together. We encourage people to submit um, comments um, and we kind of talk through all the spoileriness of it in a big long segment and kind of go in depth. Uh, we've done games like Minish Cap, um, Earthbound and stuff, and Metroid Zero Mission before. Um, so we're looking to do a new one soon um, to kick off the new year. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. But before that, Bally, we're going to do some other things. So do you want to tell the folks what we're going to be doing on today's show?
1: For our first segment, we have got what we have been playing. Second segment, we've got a few of your emails. And for the third segment, we're going to do a little look to the year ahead with what games are coming to Switch. And I think we're even going to, from that, rank a top five um, that we think are the games we're most hyped for coming to Switch in 2019
0: yes the eagerly anticipated ones so that will be a lot of fun going through seeing what was coming up uh, a bit of a preview uh, but we're going to kick things off as per the usual with some video games what we've been playing and shock horror we've been playing some old nintendo video games which is a break from yes. uh, the recent kind of stuff we've been talking about which is good getting back to a bit of the tradition of the podcast digging into some old nintendo stuff so bali what have you been playing
1: I got out my Super Nintendo Classic, and that's just a really great thing that Nintendo did, and I'm really happy that I own and just being able to go back to all those games and play them with a Snes controller, I think yeah, it's just awesome, but like, having so good, been away from it, it for for a few months and coming back it's really great so yeah, I play I've been playing Super Castlevania four yeah um this is the first Castlevania you have ever played, so yeah, and uh, It kind of left a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth most of of the time, I'll say. Uh, I genuinely found most of this game an uphill battle. And Mm. it was an uphill battle for more of the wrong reasons than perhaps good reasons, in my view. I think from the very off, I just... Simon is a very large, very slow character. uh, And there are a lot of enemies in this game that are far faster... Um, than simon and right you do have the whip but as a as a sort of defensive weapon to defend simon it just doesn't feel fast enough um, simon's hitbox feels huge and obviously there's a lot of knockback on all the enemies so from a very basic how does this game feel perspective just from an early early my early game impressions i was like this is this is hard and i'm not i'm not having a good smooth time see that's so
0: interesting to me because to me coming off of playing the nes game super castlevania 4 feels like a reinvention in so many ways that make your character feel so much more maneuverable and also better in terms of their abilities so obviously the original game it's still the same type of movement very slow very kind of chunky um but it's really hard for me to speak about why it is that i like it but i just do i just think that the game is built with that certain pace in mind and the enemies are designed for it and yes you get bullshit knocked back into pits and yes obviously a lot of the enemies are hard to deal with and have annoying patterns like the medusa heads which are infamous in the series for just being the worst like sine wave of a, a pattern that you have to predict and are so hard to get around and yet there is something so satisfying to understanding those levels and to getting through them without even taking a single hit which is what i did to some degree with some of those levels in the original castlevania and yet simon in this game now he has the ability and, and get me this is a stupid thing to be excited about but you can now jump onto stairs like you can jump and land on stairs whereas before the only way to get from stairs was to like climb up them or to climb down them so you can't jump jump off stairs yes i i know but you can jump onto (laughs) stairs and that is a big deal that is a huge deal because in the original games you can't do that you can't jump if you jump towards a staircase and there's like a pit behind you you'll just fall down the pit you'll just fall through the staircase into the pit you it literally wasn't a possibility in the old games and the fact that they have changed that and made it so it 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 gives you the ability to get around a bit more smoothly it sounds stupid, but that was a big deal when mm. I played this. Um, as well as the fact that the whip is now omnidirectional, like you can go up, down, diagonal, and you can even hold it and like spin it around. Yeah. They actually um, allow you to do this in Smash Brothers. Like if you hold down the button and kind of use the analog stick to move it, it like kind of wobbles like a stupid like snake almost, uh, and it's very very funny, and I enjoy that. Um, so it is interesting that this being your first Castlevania, because to me. It put so many improvements on the series, and Oof. yet obviously none of those are gonna have any impact with you, yeah. Because it's the first. I one don't know because
1: a game like Super Metroid. I know that you think that game handles very badly. Well, not very badly. I just think
0: that there's a bit of a sluggishness and unresponsiveness to it. Um, to right. some degree, like but I think
1: in terms of things like the wall jump, and I think this game is ten times more sluggish in that sense. If I don't you know. know. Like, it, I I really, really? don't think just, so. Ugh. i feel yeah, like they
0: could be equivocated to some degree but i think i think the difference is is that i want my metroid game to control in a certain way which is more like you have a higher standard right well it's, it's more like fusion and more like zero mission because those games yeah. are all about speed and snappiness and movement whereas castlevania there is a very deliberate pace to it and a very deliberate movement um kind of cadence right so in in the sense that this game is trying to replicate that as best as possible, I think it does a very admirable job of creating the kind of base feel of those original Castlevania games and updating it just enough to make it, um you know, to make it work in the Super Nintendo era.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just found this game incredible. On top of those controls, I found it incredibly hard and again i was using a lot of save states in this game yeah and,
0: and it's funny because this is probably the easiest castlevania that i've played oh, um God. It's, I... it's
1: definitely on
0: the lower end of the scale and certainly some of the early levels are just like you can kind of breeze through them and not be too worried one of my favorite ones is the the level where everything is kind of like gold um and there yeah, are the treasure chests cool um and you're like walking along those i love how you walk on them and they close and then the boss is this giant bat that's just made out of coins like there's some real cool mm. design elements to these levels that i really appreciate and i think obviously there's some stuff later on that gets a bit harder and a bit weirder i really do not like the section where you have to use your rope to hang off of the um and the whole get, the whole level and, turns right and, it rotates yeah. around and like there's medusa heads coming you have yeah. to survive those and then you rotate again
1: oh i quite like that because you have like a little single brick to stand on and these right. medusas come at you i like that felt like more of a good use of the mechanics this game throws at you in the sense that, like, you are a big guy and Mm. you get knocked back if you get hit and you've got your whip and now we're just going to give you, like, a gauntlet of you stand on this one spot and all these Uh reduced heads are going to... I actually did enjoy that more than just the... Plodding forward, oh! A dog mm-hmm. just sprints at me, and it's, uh-huh. it's slightly too short for my damn whip, so it sure. just hits me in the shin and knocks me back. Oh, and then now I'm I'm dead because I fell off this invisible thing, or there's yeah. this random trap door that oh, that's a trap door. No, this one's not a trap door, oh, but that one is a trap door. It's, okay, sure. so I'm dead. Great, okay. yeah.
0: And I and I mean, this game definitely adheres to the old school design philosophy of you're not going to do this first time because there's too many <laughs> fuck you things in the level, and it 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 requires a certain level of I'm going to play this level as many times as possible so that I. learn it and then i can Mm. just kind of ace my way through it and i think that's the thing about those old games that appeal to me especially the first one is that it really is about learning the space and learning the patterns and kind of mastering them in a sense um yeah which you know it's it's not for everyone I, i don't think there are certain games like this that i don't appreciate that as much like i think because these games are generally shorter i can handle it whereas a game like mario 3 where there's so many levels to get through and it just feels like you're going forever and ever it it annoys me more there because i kind of want more forward progression um whereas with castlevania i know the game is short anyway so it feels fine for me to spend yeah. a bit more time in it and learning it if you know what i mean yeah i'm
1: quite glad it was a fairly short game and mechanics aside and as much many issues as i have with those like the variety of levels the variety of enemies yeah the variety of music is incredibly impressive especially for that era like when this game came out in like i don't know 96 or something i think it was so probably earlier than that but yeah, yeah like really impressive variety in that sense but again my my enjoyment from playing a game like this is hey that's really cool that i've just played a part of gaming history rather than actually having a good time a, a good time sure it's, it's more of like yeah. historical
0: curiosity than a in, exactly. Kind of exactly. Thing.
1: And like there are fun parts. I think the boss, some of the boss fights are good fun. Like I think the the final Dracula fight is good fun. That took me yeah. a, quite a while. And it's actually
0: a little underwhelming comparative to other games as well because it is just Dracula whereas in a lot of the other games he has a second form and will turn into a giant I mean thing. you do like, have
1: to face like three bosses in the build up to him I guess. True. But, yes that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's and those bosses are very hard and I did eventually kind of not cheat with dracula but i had the the crosses that that fly in a perfect horizontal line and i just Uh i just had i had the ability to throw three crosses at a time so the one two three blocks that you gain in this game equate to you know how many of a single additional weapon you can throw at one time So i had three crosses i could constantly throw at basically his head height and they would just b- bounce back onto the screen so i was constantly just doing damage like that yeah
0: and, and speaking of which like did you bounce between the different sub weapons because you've never played a castlevania game before and so you haven't had like the choice of like do i like the axe more than the crossbow or not crossbow the boomerang or do i like the holy water or what, what did you gravitate towards
1: i really didn't like the holy water and i know, appreciate it's powerful but it's just so there's the zero range. I liked the axe. I thought that trajectory was really useful, especially on the more vertical levels, of which there's quite a few. Um, and the I dagger back, is
0: one that is a very uh, original one that I think I don't really enjoy because it feels too weak. You know, It's it's fast, but it's not great. No, it's
1: not that great. And I think the, the horizontal cross is just the best by a mile, to be honest. Hmm, I think it's just, it works really well. It's basically yeah. like a better whip, I guess.
0: I mean, I've always been a Holy Water guy. I think Holy Water is it can break things and if you know how to use it well then it's it's such a powerful and useful weapon but i definitely see the the boomerang kind of uh, angle as well it's it's a fun one to to go with um and i think certain bosses will work better with depending on which sub weapon you have like how easy they are depends on um the specific one like Mm. death for example the holy water is going to be fuck all to him because he's flying around the screen like a maniac you know yeah Um, and
1: yeah is that the 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 big dude with the Sickle, scythe. Scythe, yeah. scythe yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, the Grim Reaper yeah i kind of worked calling. out a strategy of just hiding behind the one block you have for defense in that level yes if you remember it and right then yeah, yeah it's yeah. just whipped vertically yeah and i actually worked that out myself which i was very That's proud good. of but yeah. i don't know the funny thing about this game for me is
0: a lot of the level design is quite vertical and so like you'll be going up like kind of towers in a sense yeah. like climbing upstairs and the original Castlevania games were built so that you had to really deal with the enemies on the floor above you because you could only whip left and right whereas in this game they still maintain that level design and yet the skeletons above you are very easily dispatched because you now have an upward whip so they're kind of just standing there and not able to do anything to you and you just like whip from below them and they're just dead and it's like okay i mean i get they wanted to recreate some of the old school feel but now that we have this new improved tool set that sort of level design doesn't work quite as well because you're able to just deal with these enemies that Mm. are just not gonna hurt you ever yeah yeah
1: i'm all i'm all all for making this game easier where it can be because (laughs) it's just (laughs) a brutal brutal game and again like anyone who beats this game without save states and i appreciate there's a password system to this game so i guess you can totally yeah the old-fashioned form of safe states i guess are passwords um in some strange way but uh yeah huge respect to people who can do that because i was well the thing is
0: like i think you can do that i think it is possible for someone like you to do it it just takes time and patience you know yeah. and i think that's the thing is back in the day when these games were a big deal that's what a lot of people had was time and patience uh because True. they only got one
1: game a year and it was going to be that game and they mastered it and yeah and i'd, I'd know, very so rather on. breeze through it with safe states in four to five hours or so sure. rather than yeah like you said more problem. of a historical kind of experiment yeah it's, i'm glad else. i played it. i'm glad I've, I've played a castlevania game um sure but i definitely think that the next castlevania game i play has to be let's just say a good one um uh-huh. and i don't think i'm ever going to touch those nes games ever man um, they're all good games I don't know,
0: they're all really good and it, it's hard for me to make the argument because i appreciate that i have similar opinions on certain other older games but there is just something about the vibe and the feel of castlevania and it's the walking like the the patented walk that simon has of its chunkiness and its slowness that is and the way that the jump is just so deliberate and you can't move in mid air i think this game you actually can now there's another movement option that's changed in the original if you commit to a jump you're jumping and you you can't really do anything about it um so yeah i think they're good very good games but you know. Uh, uh,
1: not, not for yeah. everyone. Not for everyone. Um it's worth going back to an experience and experiencing just so and I'm sure it, from what you've said it, it sounds like it plays a hell of a lot better than those NES games. So Uh yeah. I mean I
0: don't know. I think the NES games still play well. I just think that they're a lot harder because you have less in your tool set to deal with all right. the bullshit. Um whereas this game gives you a lot more um, you know, versatility yeah. as it were.
1: But yeah, good to get the SNES classic out again. I'll hopefully play a few more games on Cess Classic this year and yeah
0: how many more on there do you have to finish because I know I need to go back and play Secret of Mana and Mario RPG but aside from those two there's not as many because I've kind of cleared them out at this point Uh,
1: I got two Kirby games to try I've got Star Fox 2. Right, yeah. I'd, I'd like to play Yoshi's Island on like I know I've played the Game Boy Advance version. I'd like to play that version. Oh, um, man, yeah,
0: the the original version of Yoshi's Island is definitely the best way to play that game because I remember trying to play a bit of it on the Ambassador and I was like, "I don't really want to play this like this." And the original has so many cool elements like the Super FX stuff that works a lot better right. and uh and it just looks really nice it just looks fantastic yeah. um on on hd and
1: then there's uh, like display super ghouls and ghosts and oh god like, i don't think yeah see, talk
0: about a game that's actually bullshit and actually really <laughs> hard super <laughs> fucking ghouls and ghosts man
1: right. don't even so, yeah, don't even go there i don't think i'm going to touch on all of them um and yeah i don't know we'll see uh there's 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 some other games on there i'm going to hopefully play this year but definitely yeah. it's a good it's a good system yeah mbz what have you been jumping into
0: so um well i guess we could maybe just talk a bit more about smash brothers because i finished world of light um and i enjoyed it i think that it definitely is too long but it only actually took me about 18, 19 hours compared to what I was hearing. (laughs) Yeah, comparative, because I remember watching the game explain review and Andre Siegers was like, 40 hours, and I'm like, God, that sounds like ridiculousness. (laughs) Um, But it was, in in terms of just finishing it, it is more like 19 or so, which is what it it took me to do. Um, And I was going after a good amount of spirits. I think I had like an 83% completion when I finished the game. So it's not like I was mainlining it. I definitely was taking my time to go and collect characters and spirits. Um I think I maybe have fifty of the 70 whatever characters there are. So I still have quite a few of those to find and, and a lot of spirits to still collect. But in terms of the core game itself, um I I think that it gets better as it goes on in, in terms of variety because the first area, the first giant map that you have is it, it takes up the majority of the game and I think it is a lot of just slowly getting spirits slowly like feeding them stuff to level them up and and coming across some that you can't do just yet having to kind of metroid style find certain spirits that unlock areas like having to get a Lapras so that you can go across the sea or or getting the um the tune length from spirit tracks you can ride a train so that you can do a train area or having a uh like captain falcon or someone from f-zero who can drive in the f-zero section so you you can't access certain areas until you go back and forth and find them and it's a little bit annoying because the map is very big so being able to transport between places is, is not the easiest of things but later on um it becomes a lot better in terms of it takes you to certain sub areas that are themed after different places. Um, one of them is based on Dracula's castle from Castlevania, and it has oh, nice. a whole section. It's it's actually like a side on view, so it, instead of being like the top down view of the the major map. It's a side-on perspective, and so you're kind of working your way up through the castle, fighting a lot of spirits that are enemies from the Castlevania series. Um, Obviously, like, the boss is Dracula, and they they do that, I guess, with all the different bosses in the game. So there's, like, a Zelda-style area where Ganon is the final boss, and there's a monster-huntery area where you fight Rathalos and stuff like that. So they're kind of theming it after those specific um series which is cool and that area actually has like a a puzzle to it which is you're collecting these cannonballs and you have to put them inside the cannons and then explode the cannons on certain enemies which will clear a path uh to the place you need to go. And so certain uh characters and certain spirits are hidden behind a couple of those puzzles. So I was going back and forth and spent quite a lot of time in just that one area to unlock all the stuff that I wanted to. Um, so it gets more involved and, and it, it it makes it more of an interesting thing that isn't just moving across a map to the next battle, to the next battle. It adds a more of a meta layer of a um kind of puzzle thing uh that, that is cool. And there's actually the Zelda area has kind of more cryptic-y puzzles that you have to think of like they're kind of riddly almost which is fun um so i appreciated that and i think that they should have done more of that stuff earlier in the game as opposed to it being kind of a bit of a slog of just like okay battle to battle to battle um I definitely found across the entire thing that I was leaning on very specific spirits. Uh, I often brought with me the flower that, like, if you hit someone with the flower, they get the big flower on their head and it does lots of damage. Um, that was a, a staple weapon for me that I always had in a lot of fights. Certain fights that are really difficult later on. Um, when there's like maybe multiple enemies that you have and they're just knocking you about and you just can't get a hit in edgeways there's a certain spirit that i relied on for those particular fights which is the polar bear from ice climbers and he grants you the ability to basically not be knocked back so you can just sit there charging smash attacks and they can't knock you out of them so you can just smash your way to victory um and i definitely abuse that certain times um Which was helpful because certain of those matches were just like god this seems impossible otherwise if i don't have this very specific thing did
1: you stay on Um, normal
0: yeah i did i didn't need to drop it down to easy and i think the reason is because eventually you realize that all you really need is four main spirits that are kind of like legendary you know if you if you get four star spirits um, and if you just level those up to max level then you have pretty much a type advantage against whatever you fight and you have enough power to where it becomes either an even fight or one that you can just overpower the enemy with so like i got the dracula spirit after i finished his fight and, and then it, I it
1: says uh, on it four stars or something like it yes yeah it so said okay. they're
0: like legendary spirits and so i i took that dracula spirit and i dumped all of my snacks into it Um, Because it was, it's one that could evolve. So, what you really want is you want a spirit that can evolve, um, which means it like transforms from one version into another. So, like the Fire Emblem series has Arm and Selica from Echoes, and you can get a kid version of them. And if you level them up to 99, then they will evolve into the adult version of Arm and Selica. And then they're they're like a more powerful version, and then you like level them up to max. Um, And so, them at max is much more powerful than the previous one. So. The fewer that I had was like uh Jean from Bayonetta. I leveled her up to max and then like evolved her. Um, and then the one that I used the most was um Soma Cruz, who is the protagonist of Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow. Um, I, I think Aria of Sorrow as well. And he he evolved from Dracula. So if you max level Dracula, it turns into Soma Cruz. And so he was like a fourteen thousand power neutral spirit um and he was just very good and useful so most of the time i was just using him um but i was just bouncing between the four spirits i had i had shaman from pokemon uh, and i uh, maxed shaman into sky form shaman which was a more powerful version so that's kind of what i did and after that it was just a case of just rotating between those spirits for the harder battles um to get to the end which was fine um and and there is a thing that happens at the end that i won't spoil Um, it was spoiled on a kind of funny podcast i'm not going to say it but it is one of those things that i have thought about since melee um in terms of dumb conversations that we would have about what could potentially happen in a smash brothers game and it happened and i was kind of in disbelief even though i knew it was happening because i'd been spoiled on it is
1: it it worth driving on through this i think it is it is a
0: cool enough thing that happens that it is worth playing through to that point and it is a gameplay thing it is a thing you do and you control and i think Mm. it is it is very cool and it is something that i didn't think would happen because it's one of those things i remember talking to our friends about about like yo imagine if this and they kind of let you do that so so that's all i'll say but i think that's a good enough tease for you to maybe push through world of light valley because it does have I mean, the ending is like whatever. The, the cutscenes—none of these cutscenes are any good whatsoever. They're all bullshit. They suck. It's not a story mode in terms of a narrative. Um, but there is a one. There's one fight at the end.
1: Okay. So it's like subspace, it, subspace emissaries are probably a better cutscene story thing. Yeah, than this sure. Ends up being. Yeah,
0: obviously, like subspace emissary has much better uh,
1: stuff like that. Right. But,
0: but this is a better thing from a gameplay perspective I would say. okay and I've, I've mentioned loads already of how many of the cool fights there were that i enjoyed but um but yeah i'm done with it at least and i can tick that off the list so back to just playing people online i guess or just trying to collect all the spirits i think i have like Pr- 600 Pr- 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 plans coming so. soon exactly yeah all, all the dlc so. February? i can't remember who knows but anyway smash brothers it exists um then the other thing I've been playing is dipping back into the backlog uh for a classic game, um, this time to the DS. And I wanted to play something short and something to the point and something that people had talked a whole lot of mess about. And I chose Elite Beat Agents, a game that is hallowed in the halls of classic Nintendo video games. Um, a rhythm game, very Japanese rhythm game, uh that loads of people love and adore. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect i knew it was a rhythm game i wasn't sure if it was like going to be touchscreen based or whatever uh but it is it is touchscreen based is
1: all touchscreen based it's like no buttons yes.
0: right no buttons at all uh and the way it works is that it plays basically all the songs in this game are not crappy covers but like kind of synthy they they're just like they are covers of well-known songs no from that era they do have lyrics yes oh. so they, they are actual covers and they are versions of those songs from like big songs at the time. So for example, a song from Sum 41, or a song from Avril lavigne like Skater Boy is in this game. Um there are songs from like classic rock. There are it's it's really interesting because I came to this game and I was like, I'm not sure what kind of music this is gonna be and stuff like that. And instantly it's like, oh, this is my type of music. Like all of this stuff is shit that I liked growing up. Um and so instantly I felt a connection with it. Uh and the way it works is that so you are the elite beat agents who are kind of like dance people um and they all like have afros and stuff and they're all like the way that it's drawn is very warrior wearesque esque it it has that vibe to it and it is very japanese um and, and the rhythm stuff is based on a kind of numbers system on the touch screen so you basically when you are about to tap the button a circle will kind of close in on the number um, and so it will be like an arrangement of like one two three four but you have to tap them in the rhythm of as they are kind of being closed in on and it, it goes along with the rhythm of the music obviously but it it takes a little bit of time to get used to it because sometimes you'll just see the number and you'll just tap it before the time is ready for it to be done uh, and this game is brutal. It is incredibly difficult, uh, and it ramps up very quickly um, in a way that I wasn't expecting. I knew people
1: had talked about its difficulty before. Was, was it made harder by the fact you have an XL and not a standard-sized DS? No, 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 no. I think it actually probably made it easier, um, just because you can
0: see the, the numbers pop up a bit more. Um, but it is it is very weird, because like every song has this miniature story to it so the first one is there's this girl who's um you know she is a babysitter and she has a boyfriend and they're like gonna like chill out at home or whatever and then she gets called upon that she has to do some babysitting and every situation in this game is very dumb and so it starts out with the character going like help and they like scream help and then all of a sudden the elite beat agents arrive and they're like we're here to figure out this situation um so that sounds it, like a very japanese solution to it this is problem. yeah um and so it's like the there are things that happen throughout that little miniature story where if you are successful in a certain section of the rhythm part You will get a different, like, mini cutscene in between. And so the songs are broken up into parts where like you're playing and then there's a part where a little bit of um kind of animation plays while the song is still going so like you're playing a part of the song the song keeps playing but on the top screen you see like okay we need to feed this child um and her boyfriend is a football player so what does he do he thinks about that time where he threw the football to the the guy who was on his team instead it's a hot dog he grabs the hot dog and throws it into the the child's mouth and and the child is happy and satisfied um and if you failed that section before then it would like he probably like i can't remember because i don't think i've ever failed that particular section because it's the first song it's quite easy but i imagine it would be something dumb like he throws it and it hits the child in the head and they start crying um so there is a kind of element of you don't mind if you mess up because you'll either see the positive outcome or the negative outcome of these weird situations that happen um and because they're so well animated and goofy you are maybe incentivized to some degree to fail at the song at certain times just so that you can see the the bad outcome um which is weird uh and and i think that overall it is a very satisfying game to play because it builds on your um kind of abilities as you go along the difficult part is that there are certain areas where it's like fuck this is this is a part i really need to practice but i need to play through two minutes of this song to get to this part again so that i can practice it so it's kind of like the guitar hero effect to some degree whereas in guitar hero you, i remember there was a system where you could skip to a certain part in the song just to practice that particular part and i don't think that exists in this game so one of the last songs i can't remember which one it is but it is about two minutes in it gets brutal and there are Fourteen notes in a row that you have to hit pretty quickly, and you are kind of going back and forth with like one, two, three, four, like up, down, left, right, and it. W- I just didn't know what the rhythm was for it, so like I had to kind of go and watch a YouTube video to get a sense of what the rhythm was, so that I could play along with it. And generally, I am quite a musical person, so I'm pretty good with rhythm. Um, but some of them were a little bit tricky, and it's interesting because I actually started playing the game on easy, and it was difficult for me to play easy because a lot of what rhythm games do on easy modes is they skip out parts, uh, which for me, because I am so rhythmical, I feel like there's like a part missing that I need to press when I don't actually because it's kind of simplified it. So I actually preferred playing on normal despite it being quite difficult because I know the beats and I know what beats need to happen and what order and that kind of thing, so... In, in a sense normal was easier for me than easy which is a weird kind of thing situation to be in but it is kind of like guitar hero where it's like you go back to it and it's like uh, like this is too simplified like it doesn't feel like i'm actually playing the song it feels like i'm playing a different song almost if you know what i mean kind of hard to describe but but yeah um and this game is very difficult to describe generally because uh it, it's it is a at once a very good representation of the creativity and weirdness um of japanese games but also it is a very difficult rhythm game and i just really enjoyed playing through it i think it's it's got so much flair to it and so much character um but it's also so satisfying when you overcome the challenge of like i spent one hour on the last song like a solid hour straight and it was just a case of memorization of learning the patterns and by the end like you watch someone play this game and it looks like they're some kind of crazy fucking person because they're just like tapping like um, a madman and there are sections where you're like holding down and sliding so it's not always tapping there are some notes that are like double tap notes and you have to be aware of the circles closing in um so every time you get to a new section it kind of is you know on your feet trying to be like okay can i get through this section without having seen it once before and oftentimes no you have to see it once to kind of get the vibe of it and then be able to go through it again and and by the end like i wasn't getting like a ranks in these uh, levels even though i was pretty much hitting every note because the scoring system is very harsh like there is a so the the reason why in certain sections you can either fail them or succeed them and still continue with the song is the top of the bottom screen has a bar which it says like yes and no and so if you get kind of like halfway through the bar if you keep failing notes it just quickly goes down um, into kind of the no section so if you end a little section in the no area then it will give you kind of the failure screen and then you'll start off at the next part of the song on a bit of a back foot and have to really perfect it in order to like scrape your way back up into the yes so similar to like guitar hero with the kind of like most rhythm games like there's kind of a scale of oh you're almost failing almost failing oh you can bring it back up to not being failing anymore type of thing but the thing that makes it even harder is that no matter what the yes is constantly ticking down so no matter what's happening even if you're doing perfectly there's always that sense of it going down so you have to just keep keeping up almost like you have to keep it um on the positive end which is difficult because it means you can't really make a mistake and if you make one mistake it snowballs very quickly and goes downhill because you're punished really harshly for just messing up even even one note so so yeah it It is a game that feels really good to master and I loved playing through it because all the songs were ones that I enjoyed so I didn't mind playing them again and again even though they weren't like amazing covers of them and obviously it's like the DS so the sound hardware isn't particularly great but put on some headphones like go into zen mode and just enjoy the the very weird situations that it throws at you Um, and eventually it kind of culminates in this weird alien invasion where all the different individual stories that you have done one of the individual stories is really weird because it takes place in like the 1800s and it's about leonardo da vinci trying to woo the woman who is actually who, who is it that drew the mona lisa that's not leonardo da vinci is it that's uh some other person. I it was wasn't it is it i don't know what did leonardo da vinci do who knows he painted the sistine chapel or something anyway whoever painted the fucking mona lisa um and it's this story about him trying to like woo the woman who is the painting of the mona lisa and it's like well clearly the, this do the, the elite beat agents travel through time who cares does it matter the story doesn't make any sense um and at the end it kind of brings all those stories together in a really cool way um
1: it was indeed the da vinci
0: well, there we go i knew yeah. it. i was just second guessing myself um but but yeah it 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 does a very good job of kind of coalescing things and um and and yeah it is about the difficulty i remember people talking about like once you finish it you unlock like the next difficulty level and i can't even imagine that honestly because (laughs) normal in its own right is downright dastardly in some of those songs um and it It is weird because it feels like you spend so much more time with certain songs than others just because, like, the first couple I beat first time. Like, I didn't have to go back to them, but also I didn't get a great score on them. Like, they were more forgiving, but also I didn't feel like I really mastered them. Whereas the later ones are so challenging that you have to master them in order to even get to the end. Like, just get... It's not about a high score for me. It was just about finishing the goddamn song, um, which was a, a thing in its own right, so... Really, really creative. Such an interesting, weird off the wall game that Is I it think a standalone game? what do you mean standalone
1: game is is that the only entry in the series or was
0: there a sequel i believe there was a sequel in japan only so i think it's called uendon in japan and so there was a second game there and i think the song selection is different i imagine it would have to be just because the songs that were chosen for the american version are very like geared towards that era of pop music and rock music in in kind of you know that time uh, and place so I would imagine it would be slightly different as a game and so if you got the japanese version it may even be worth it because it's not really a game that you need to like there's no dialogue everything is done through visuals so i don't know i think it kind of works no matter what so so yeah i i think they should remaster this on switch honestly the touchscreen is built for it and i think it would work really well Uh, to some degree you do need a stylus because there is so much precision but they could find a workaround they could they could make it happen so yeah um i don't know it's elite beat agents i think it's as good as everyone says it is but yeah it's fucking hard and yeah it's fucking weird but that's kind of what i like and it's it reminds me of like i should go back and play some more kind of revered classic games because i had a great experience with this and i think you
1: it's, still need to try rhythm check heaven. Out. i
0: do yeah absolutely um and i, I have i've played some that was
1: a great one rhythm thief which you also own is decent it's pretty good
0: yeah i i have played some rhythm heaven in the past like a bit of the ds one um the wii one apparently is excellent so that's one i should probably seek out i think it might be available on the wii u downloads um but i'm not sure um anyway uh that's elite B agents it's great if you can seek it out you should do because it's it's a very unique and and fun game um yeah Uh, all right well i guess that's going to close us out for the first section so uh thanks for listening everyone but we will be back after the break with some of your emails don't go anywhere
1: And we're back. It's time for the second segment, and that means it's your emails. Before I go into our emails for this episode, I should say our email address is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. Or post an email or question in our Discord server. Link to that Discord server is on twitter and it's in the description of the show and we'd highly recommend you check that out because we really need some questions uh we have dried up it's been game of the year it's been all sorts of new year predictions and things like that and we're past that point now so we just need lots of emails going forward uh questions for the show we'd really appreciate all of them
0: yeah, and if you've never written in before, we love hearing from new people, so uh please do that. It'd be great. Let us know
1: where you're from, because that's always fun. Yes. And um yeah, that'd be great. So our first email is from B King, who's from Sweden. Hey guys, in less than a month, this was quite a while ago, let me just say, in less than a (laughs) month, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee will be out on the Switch. This is something I am excited for because it's the first real Pokemon game on Switch and might be an indication on how the 2019 game could look. Although the game isn't really considered a mainline game and Gen 1 isn't really that nostalgic for me, Gen 4 is when I started playing, I try to look at it uh, as a bonus game until the next game launches in 2019. Even though I'm excited about this game... I'm also the person who bought sun and moon and ultra moon. So you can consider me a more hardcore fan of the series. I know you two have lost interest in the series because it is very repetitive, which is a valid point in my opinion. My question is, what would it take to make you go back to the series? Would it need an overhaul like Zelda and to some extent Mario got last year? Or do you think another developer should handle this franchise instead? Maybe like retro or monolith soft. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to read my email.
0: Well, thank you, B-King. Um, yes, obviously, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are obviously out now. And I don't know, some people seem pretty positive on it and, and think it's like a nice chill kind of, you know, reinvention of Gen 1 that is more simple, uh, more accessible. Uh, obviously, others are like, fuck this noise, I want my real Pokemon, um, which, fair enough, and I think people will, will get that at the end of this year with Generation 8. I I feel like there is a lot of clamor about... Uh, a reinvention and and the series needed to go into a new direction but i also think that that has happened before and i think that people felt like things like x and y was a reinvention because it was the first kind of 3d game or sun and moon was and sun and moon was a bit of a reinvention right because if you think about it it was there's no more gyms it's now these like four island people who you have to fight down and then i don't even know if there was an elite four and obviously you've just like touch scratch the surface of pokemon sun i'll
1: get to it i will get to it
0: <laughs> but i do think that they made some steps there to change things and to break from some of the monotony though to a lot of degrees it was sticking more to like the traditional way that those games are played um how how do you feel about it bally what what are your thoughts on the potential future of pokemon and what yeah. they could do
1: I think it's important to dis- distinguish between what we want and what we think might happen. So stuff like Monolith, Retro, just a huge huge studio like that working on Pokemon, I mean, would be absolutely incredible, but obviously it's just never going to happen. Um, I think that, so when we're talking about realistic changes to Pokemon, it, as you say, it normally is more iterative and it's always small steps because they don't want to move too far from that incredibly successful formula in terms of sales. So... What do I want to see from Pokemon? Uh, I more changes like Sun and Moon made, where, like you said, you're breaking up that gym structure. It's not just let's get to the new town, let's fight the gym, let's move on, let's catch some Pokemon. Let uh, uh, something more open than that, something that could rework the order of the way that you go through the map. So, say, so like the traditional Gen One map, like there's a certain level cap essentially to each town where you're meant to be roughly X level when you reach this town, roughly this level for this town. If There was some way where you could go to any town first and then based on the order of the towns you reach um it'll do different le- level brackets for each town based on the order you go to them rather than just having a fixed this is the last gym this is the first like something that just makes the game more open in that sense and i'm not saying pokemon has to be open world and that'll obviously probably never happen it just needs to be more more varied where you have more options and it's less linear i think
0: so and i think that this is similar to the original game right because the original game. Had a lot more openness to it. You were able to, like, do, I guess, you know, that kind of cluster of towns where you have, like, Saffron and Cerulean. um Yeah,
1: that's true. They're, yeah.
0: And, and, uh, what's the other Uh, the Acrutic. No, that's in Gold and Silver. I can't remember. You have, like, Erica's Town and Koga's Town and Sabrina's Town, like, all in close proximity to each other. Um, and Fuchsia, I guess, like, Safari yeah, Zone and stuff like that. Like, there was an extent to which you can kind of uh, lavender as well like even though it didn't have a gym you can kind of go through those in different order and you can fight some gym leaders before other gym leaders i don't actually know i think the official order is you do erica before sabrina but like technically you could do sabrina and then erica you know like there is there is a bit of non-linearity there to, to that game and i think a lot of the reason why the older pokemon games work and why they feel better as in in terms of like your own direction is there is not a rigid story that is pulling you along like the story is you're a kid on an adventure and there's not really an overarching thing yes team rocket is involved in some parts and, and obviously you have to fight them but it isn't a big like narrative where it's like the legendary Pokemon is this and there's a story and a backstory like X and Y had this stupid thing with the old guy and there was the flower Pokemon and like he had been looking for this flower Pokemon for the rest of his life and it was still alive and there was some like allusion to some stupid Pokemon war that happened and honestly it just made it so that the game felt very um, kind of boxed in and you were just like going from place to place to kind of get to the next beat of the story and pokemon doesn't do that stuff well in fact the story sucks like there's nothing redeemable or interesting about the characters or in like the narrative of those games nothing about it is engaging and so it not only boxes you in but it pulls you through a story that has nothing to it so either pokemon goes in two different directions either it goes down the xenoblade route which is a story that is well written and acted and has twists and interesting characters and things that you can get invested in or it goes down the traditional pokemon route which is be more hands-off don't include as much story make it more about the player's journey um, and let them kind of forge their own path in a more non-linear environment i think you can't really stay where it is right now because it's trying to be both and being neither you know um which sucks because I just don't like. I I can't get invested in a Pokemon story. I just can't because the writing is not there and the characters are not there. Is there's no level of
1: interest or intrigue or or anything really to pull me through mm. it. So I mean, the Pokemon related thing I'm the most excited for in 2019 is actually the, the Detective Pikachu film, and I think it's just yeah. because it's taking something we all know so well in the world of Pokemon, but just turning it on its head by being like, hey, this is a real world. With the CGI Pokemon that look crazy and furry and weird. And it's, it's it feels like a very bold step for, for Pokemon to take when a lot of the video game series have been so iterative, as we've, as we've said, and it's always been so safe. This just feels like a real bold thing to do i guess pokemon go is pretty bold as well like it's stuff like that that i mean yeah to some degree i think detective pikachu is more bold just because it's not
0: what you expect a first major hollywood pokemon movie to be like you expect them to do the traditional hero's journey like ash ketchum style small town like go to the elite four whatever um which you know i think that people would have enjoyed but i don't think it would have broken any ground and would have had any interesting things you can do with it whereas detective pikachu is a bit more of an off-the-wall idea which still has a very recognizable figure because pikachu is like the face of pokemon um so it's going to get those audiences in but also it has the flexibility to kind of genre bend and do stuff that is more dynamic and interesting than your you know average pokemon story would be
1: Mm. yeah i mean and and back to the games like i think someone someone mocked up like this image of Breath of the Wild and then like edited in Pokemon and like uh-huh. made Link look like a Pokemon trainer. And you, you did you it did make you stop and think, wow, like that would be something. Like if they if yeah. there was some way of doing that. And I, I get that, but to some degree there is the dissonance that I would feel
0: because you can't really make a Pokemon game that isn't a turn based RPG. I think that's such at
1: the core of the identity well, of that series. It would still be a turn based RPG. It's just that's the 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 scope of how you get into those rpg battles yeah
0: i know but like the the dynamism and the the kind of real-time element of the world in breath of the wild it that style of adventure would feel underserved by having a turn-based system the backbone of it and i you know other games do do this obviously like there are big open rpgs like Nino no Kuni, for example that still well actually Nino no Kuni is more of an action thing that's a bad example but like I, there are examples of dragon those quest. types of games dragon quest obviously dragon quest is the biggest one right and dragon quest works in that way but also the world isn't as ambitious as other big open world games and i think if you're trying to compare it to stuff like zelda like witcher those those worlds are way more grounded and ambitious and so having something turn based maybe would take you out of it and create some sort of dissonance um they could very well go down the dragon quest route which is to make a world that is less kind of large and and kind of fully open and more in keeping with what Pokemon has done before, but just from a different perspective, like having kind of the third-person camera, um, making it something that you you know you can run around a bit more and, and have a bit more space, but still be to some degree boxed in. Um, mm. I don't know because the the freedom afforded in Breath of the Wild is something that you know just only works, I think, in the context of of a game like that, um, right. And I think we also, the the real core thing we need to think about is what are the capabilities of Game Freak? Because Game Freak as a company have shown that they don't necessarily have the technical chops to create something as big and ambitious as, you know, Monolith or Retro or even Nintendo's internal Zelda and Mario teams do they make smaller scale games because they always have like they've always been leveraged on handheld hardware um when yokai watch came out on 3ds and i was you know playing that game i was like holy shit game freak you should be embarrassed because this game is kicking your ass in terms of being fully 3d running at a great frame rate um looking gorgeous like taking all the elements that should make a really groundbreaking looking pokemon game on 3ds and like that series wasn't able to do it x and y look just complete garbage in comparison to yokai watch um and you look at their track record like what other games have they put out things like drill dozer on gba which is a 2d game things like harmonite and pocket card jockey which are very pared down handheld experiences even tembo the badass elephant which they put on ps4 and xbox one is a 2d platformer like there's they have never had games with a large enough scope no no,
1: true triple a games is that what you're trying to say
0: well no i i just mean like in in the sense of they've never pushed hardware and they've never pushed technology in that way um and their new game that's coming out on switch town looks like they are going a little bit more in that direction yeah but but to some degree that game also feels like hey what if we took our kind of cartoonish aesthetics and applied it to maybe something that was a bit more 3d and, and larger and also
1: um, when you're talking about like you don't really think game freak have the scope to do something that big and then they come out with a game that focuses on a single town and right. then town. yeah like, kind of <laughs> emphasizes that point
0: yeah it really does it really does kind of drill that down so so i think the other thing we need to consider that people just don't think about is you need to talk about the developer that makes these games and whether they even have the bandwidth to make an experience that people want that is akin to a revolutionary breath of wild odyssey style thing um, and unless game freak get outside help unless nintendo contribute and, and kind of throw developers at them to kind of partner with them i don't think that's possible in terms of another company making a pokemon game i mean i've been very vocal about saying fuck yeah i would love Monoliths soft to do something like that because monolith soft undoubtedly to me make the best jrpgs around um they alongside atlas are like the pinnacle of my um kind of my my tower of jrpgs like persona and xenoblade those are the two franchises that are my gold standard for japanese role-playing um in you know 2019 so absolutely i'd love to see what they could do with it and do their strange twist on it um I don't think that they would be particularly good when it came to design of new creatures and stuff like that because i think characters are their weakness like in terms of visuals but worlds like the worlds that they make are unparalleled so i would jump for joy if monolith soft announced that they were making a pokemon game um and i think obviously it would have to be not turn-based it would have to be more of a spin-off because i don't think they would trust them with like a mainline thing but i'd love to see their take on that idea um and see what they could do with it um Um, is there any developer that you think would would make an interesting pokemon game valley
1: yeah i mean monolith soft would be great I, i don't know Aren't Square Enix great at RPGs? Can, yeah. they, can they have a go? I, I, yeah. I've, I've... I I think that, like, Pokemon is similar enough to a
0: lot of Square games, but the thing that Square nails much more so are the characters and the storylines. Like, yeah. you look at something like Final Fantasy VI, even back in the day. You know, that, that game is leagues ahead of anything Pokemon has ever done, and, and it was made years and years ago. So, so you know, they could definitely contribute in, in that sense. Um, I mean like what if bethesda made a pokemon game that would be stupid and dumb um and not something that i would want but you know there are people who would probably scream about that happening um pokemon is one of those franchises i think is very malleable uh, and a lot of different developers could do their own take on it and obviously there are so many spin-offs in the series um so there's possibility but but when it comes down to it i think we really need to just think about like do game freak have the capability to make a game like that that people want and i just think
1: at the yeah. moment no that's it's just not in their purview yeah um, i don't so. think gen 8 will be that game like i think it'll be beyond and we'll see i think gen 8 will come it's going to be pretty safe but we'll see yeah I, I, I remain optimistic about maybe being surprised but I don't.
0: you know, know. switch has generally done a good job of reinventing things um But then you do look at games like Yoshi's Crafted World, and it's like, well, I wish Goodfield would put on something else. You know, I wish they had a bit of kind of ability to stretch their wings because they are such a talented studio, and they they made one of the best Nintendo platformers in *Wario Land: The Shake Dimension*. And then since then, I just don't think they've reached that height. You know, that was such a high point. Um, and And obviously, you know, I think we just generally are a podcast that care more about Wario and Donkey Kong than we do about Kirby and Mario, which is. The opposite of what the market tells us, because those are the games that sell, and and the ones we like do not.
1: Yeah, we've, we're currently in the, at a time when New Super Mario Bros. Deluxe is number one on the eShop and probably selling very well. And ugh, is that is is New Super Mario? Is is this going to be the last new? super mario bro- brothers game or i fucking is, hope so because
0: like, i look at that game and i watch the quick look and i'm like this is ugly as sin this game is <laughs> disgusting like get it off of my screen. Mind,
1: i don't even mind the art style. i just don't feel like it's very
0: inventive it just looks boring no um, it's not it's like it's it's not inventive in so many ways um and it sucks it sucks that that's the thing that sells
1: you know but right it's the way anyway. of it Mario's a bigger name yes he is, um, he is. Um, Our next email is from Kevin, who's from the internet. Hi, guys. I just got Doom on the Switch, and boy, oh, boy, this game is pure fun. For someone not into RPGs so much, I've really missed first-person shooters on Nintendo consoles. I used to really love both the single-player and the multiplayer in GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. What do you think happened to this genre on Nintendo systems? And then he's got a second point that we'll get to in a bit. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah, man, like... Goldeneye was the console shooter. It was like the one that started it in terms of making it viable cuz shooters were a PC thing for such a long time like Doom and, and Wolfenstein and-, and everything that was like Quake um obviously you know Half-Life Counter-Strike like th- that is where the shooter Became a thing, and it, it's where it grew and and changed and evolved. And so consoles never really got into it until around the N sixty four generation. Um, and obviously, it wasn't until Halo that the console shooter yeah. became mainstream and, and and was a big deal. But GoldenEye and Perfect Dark was like great examples of how you could apply that formula to a console experience and 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 have the multiplayer like all in the same room, like split screen um kind of versus mode, but also still adhere to a lot of the things that shooters were doing like re-watching uh goldeneye at the moment because giant bomber playing through it and um, dan reich doing like a challenge where he has to play all of the levels on like agent double o agent difficulty which means like doing all these objectives and like getting through the levels because the all enemies are, are more difficult and everything and the level design in that game really holds up like i've been surprised at how good it is and how interestingly designed those spaces are when you know eventually shooters became linear corridors with cutscenes in between like that's what call of duty kind of evolved them into and older shooters were much more open i think that's why people loved 2016's re-release not re-release but reinvention of doom is because it was a big like open spaces with secrets and you had so much movement and ability and it was fast it was it was very different from what shooters were doing so it's interesting that there is this kind of renaissance at the moment with those games coming to Switch as a result of like this Bethesda partnership. Like Having Doom and Wolfenstein be on the system is very, very cool. Um, and it's been a while. And I, I think the shooters that I remember most on Nintendo systems are during the GBA time, actually, when like one of our friends had the game X versus Sever. I don't know if you remember
1: this I've been game. Talking about it. I can't remember playing it.
0: So it's like, because they ported Doom to GBA, and Doom, I remember seeing someone playing on that system as well. And then after that happened, there were just a bunch of first-person shooters that were put on GBA that were in the style of like super nintendo like or old pc ones which um, that kind of worked on the hardware and i remember like watching stuff like x versus sever and doom and 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 things being played on gba and thinking oh man this is really cool like i I like the idea of these games but i never really played any of them um and and i think generally we didn't grow up with shooters we're just not people who gravitated towards those types of games so it is interesting that we are now seeing a bit more of, of that stuff coming up and um and i, I don't know what why do you think that those games generally disappeared from nintendo because i think obviously when rare was taken away from them they were the developers who were kind of pushing that forward with perfect dark and and with goldeneye um and actually
1: you could maybe i think i think it was less that and more just the success of halo and from halo stemmed i guess games like cod and all that sort of thing that just became the real biggest shooter market now the team behind halo obviously doing um destiny or whatever so that's where shooters have gone and it's always i guess in the last 15 or so years it's been a very much sony microsoft console focused thing because that's where those games are and i guess you're getting you're getting way more third person shooter based stuff like the division and there's i can't remember all that that rage two and stuff that's all third person right? uh rage so, rage is a first person game rage still. first yeah. there's another one that's third person though i, can't remember um, else, I
0: mean so. like division yes um anthem i think is still oh, third anthem, person. yeah i guess yeah. that's kind of shoot right yeah. and i think like those you know, shooters are now evolving into this like pseudo mmo like squad right destiny style games as a service type so, thing all these so.
1: games they're kind of they're in that bracket of game that is constantly trying to push the hardware and we all know that that's not really what nintendo have been going for no. um, for a long long time so if shooters were more back in the you know i guess the overwatch overwatch style where it's not about pushing the limits of the hardware mm. and i guess that overwatch is a good example where that is a game that would be perfect for switch and yeah it's a very nintendo style game like
0: it's a character driven game that is creative and colorful and filled with variety and different ideas from gameplay perspectives for characters it's yeah it's definitely a nintendo style shooter which obviously nintendo made their own shooter for the first time in splatoon Splatoon, exactly Um, so
1: i think that Yes there is an element where you have your overwatchers and your splatoon's and that is something that Nintendo could go forward with but the biggest market the all the money is in that is still in that um called halo uh destiny or even just like battlegrounds at this point like exactly, battle ba- royale exactly genre, so. battlegrounds so i think that Bethesda and games like Doom coming to Switch are an anomaly because that is to yes. do with the relationship with Bethesda. It's not. I don't think that's a trend. Um, it's a trend that a lot of companies come to Switch, absolutely, but it's, it's not a trend that companies that make first-person shooters are coming to Switch. I think that part is an, an anomaly even though there are loads of other developers coming to Switch. That's great. But, yeah, that's kind of an anomaly. The main market is still, like I said, that Halo, COD, mm-hmm. Battlefield thing that i don't think it's going to come to nintendo because of its its, its linked to pushing the hardware and as i right. said overwatch splatoon the cartoony shooters your paladins that that's the that's kind of where nintendo could go with shooters and at the moment that market seems considerably smaller still than the you know battlefield cod market but mm-hmm. that could change you know because it's a growing market there's loads of people playing overwatch and yeah. you know We'll see where it goes but I, I don't think that you're going to get back to a, a stage where the golden eye and perfect dark equivalents of the modern era are going to be on nintendo systems because that's just not what nintendo's game plan has been for a very long time it would take a no. crazy sub, crazy change in their game plan going forward if that if games like that were going to come back to a nintendo system and i think the crucial most crucial point
0: about this is that the point at which those games stopped being on nintendo systems was the point at which online started to become a big deal like halo in the xbox generation that was the first time that shooters started to go online on consoles um nintendo clearly in the past and still to this day don't know what the fuck they're doing with the (laughs) internet and so for games like the division to come to switch nintendo would have to buck up their ideas because it is a game so reliant on interconnectivity that you can't have it work as intended with their current setup where there is no easy way to party up and voice chat and send messages and and all the things that you want in the modern conveniences of what shooters are these days because shooters are pretty much generally aside from the rare exceptions of doom and Wolfenstein, online only like they are that is the big draw that is what the market wants and that's where it is at at the moment it is about playing with friends it is about uh, partying up it's about doing competitive it is all those different things that nintendo just do not gravitate towards in an online sense
1: um yeah. and are not well equipped to do so and they've even reluctantly done their own online shooter in splatoon and like they have put a lot of effort into their single player content in that game as well almost it's almost like they're reluctant that they that they know Splatoon is successful because of its online. They kind of they want to be able right. to do something more single player oriented, and we saw that with the DLC. Yeah, but the selling point for Splatoon is that online multiplayer, and it always will be. And I think it's a good example of as innovative and original as Splatoon is, it is still. A good example of hey the industry has forced nintendo's hand on something in the sense that hey if you want to do a shooter it's got to be online and nintendo haven't been brave enough to do that shooter that is standalone. i guess you could cancel my like metroid prime but that's kind of more adventurey i guess yeah than... yeah but yeah so nintendo are in a funny place uh, from all the things that we've just said on the fps market and it's mm-hmm. still a it's still a, a genre that i am very very low experience in almost no experience so i i don't have like a whole lot of opinions personally when it comes to like how that's gonna play out going forward yeah cool. but yeah and kevin also asks also what games are you most looking forward to on the switch for 2019 and do you think it'll be a good year for nintendo well kevin let me tell you we have a segment lined up coming after the, after this break where we're going to talk about all the games coming to switch in 2019 that we know of at least uh so we're going to We're going to get a top five going on that and we'll join you after the break.
0: to the final part of the show and um, this week we thought we'd just go through some of the games that are announced slash not announced slash should probably come to switch
1: slash when uh, are they ever coming out
0: <laughs> yeah uh for 2019 and we'll just talk through uh, some of them and see if we can figure out a list of like five that we're most excited to play um later in the year so so yeah a bit of a preview to some degree um just going down through and we've got a list of some games here and we're just kind of going to go down them and and give our uh thoughts on each one as as they come along so Bali, should we kick things off what's the first game we've got yoshi's crafted world yes um, which recently got a release date not during a nintendo but, direct on brexit date <laughs> yeah March 29th great everyone's going to enjoy after the terrible this yes. that happens there they can actually relax with some yoshi maybe <laughs> to heal their wounds um I have been pretty, uh, you know, outspoken in saying that this game looks boring as sin. Um, And having watched the E3 footage and what the levels actually are and the very kind of rigid nature of them and the fact that, like, the gimmick is how you can flip it back round and you can just see the fact that the Shy Guys are there, like, it doesn't look very inspired to me. It's not a game I'm particularly excited about, but I could be proven wrong. Goodfeel have done great stuff in the past um, and, and they could make this... A more interesting one but honestly i was much more excited for woolly world than i am for this and i think it's because woolly world was the first time we had seen yoshi in that style of game because they'd done it to kirby before and then they'd like changed it over and made it a little bit different a bit more kind of dynamic and now yoshi's crafted world feels like uh it's just like a half step it's 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 yeah. not another nintendo franchise they're tackling it's like oh they're doing another yoshi but it's another kind of crafty thing and it's like because of that it just inherently is less exciting to me.
1: I mean one one thing it has going for it and I guess this isn't, isn't to do with the game necessarily is that it's kind of coming at a time when there's not much else coming out. Right. And it's smartly I placed might, in the calendar. Because I'm kind of itching to play my first game that's coming out in 2019. I might just pick it up and just, you know, give it a go, see what it's like as much as I'm not prepared to be overly by it. And I'm just saying like we did we sort of did a bit of um what, what fantasy developer? What I forgot the name of it. Fantasy, fantasy. critic is what fantasy it's called, yeah. critic exactly, and we all had to pick games on like which games that come out this year we think will get the best critic score. And one of my games was Yoshi's Crafted World, and I'm uh-huh. kind of regretting that decision. So I'm interested to see how that game does.
0: Yeah, I, I hope it does well in terms of, like, I hope it is a good game that has interesting level design and is something that I do want to play. But from what we've seen so far, it just hasn't inspired me and it hasn't given me the thought to be like,
1: yeah, that's just something and I think it'll sell pretty damn well regardless. Well, yeah. It's Yoshi, it's cute, it's on a Switch, and hey, a lot of people still haven't played Woolly World because it was on Wii U, and I know it was on 3DS as well, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't announced Woolly World to be ported. Uh, makes a lot yeah. of sense, so... Maybe they will eventually, but anyway. Um, Next up, we've got Fire Emblem Three Houses, the first Fire Emblem on a home console since the Wii, really, uh, since Radiant Dawn, which, again, this one is an interesting one because, obviously, I'm always excited for a Fire Emblem game. I want to play the next Fire Emblem. But I don't know so far from what we've seen. It it seems a little weird. Like Visually, it's not very striking. It doesn't inspire me in, in that way either. I think it isn't a distinct art style it feels kind of generic and it doesn't look particularly great it kind of still looks like a gamecube slash wii game that's been uprezzed um and then you have this whole idea of like groups of enemies like archers in a triangle formation or like um units that have like more people in them and it it makes me wonder what the core mechanic of this game is going to be and whether it is trying to recreate more of that army feel um rather than you know the traditional fire emblem where you just have your individual characters like it kind of seems like each character is the leader of a squad of some sorts and then and the squads can be used to attack and i don't know how that's going to work out but at least there is kind of a more run around third person area like the my castle stuff from fates um which is cool i think they could do more with that and make it more of an interesting space to be around and um and yeah it can kind of like evolve fire emblem further in that direction but but yeah i i want to play it for sure i i'm just a bit skeptical at the moment because we have hardly seen any of it and i want to know more about it before we get into it but i'll play it absolutely because it's fire emblem
1: yeah, I'm I I'm 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 in a funny place with the Fire Emblem series to be honest. Since since the Reawakening with Awakening, mm. I've kind of burned out kind of hard because I played Awakening, I played Birthright, and I was like that was a lot of Fire Emblem and they just keep coming like almost annually and I still have Conquest to, to play and give them to
0: me. Inject them into my veins I'm just, that's
1: I say. I'm just like do I play Conquest and enjoy that, or do I skip Conquest for now? Play this game, come back to Conquest later. I, I don't know. I'm just, and they're really long games. I find them pretty tough games. I'm just, I, I don't know what I, what I want from Fire Emblem. Basically, it just, it, it's <laughs> so there's so much thrown at me that I'm just like, oh god, I'm I'm full of Fire Emblem and it just keeps coming and I don't know what to do. So I. I I'm on the fence. If this is, if it gets fantastic reviews, and they always review well, to be fair to them, but like I might I might leave this. I'm not sure
0: yeah we'll see
1: should i play Um, conquest or should i play this game i mean i think think?
0: conquest is one of the finest strategy games ever made so i'm gonna say yes but also conquest is one of the most fucking brutal games i've ever played
1: so i mean i'm always prepared to drop it right down to the easy easy peasy mode yeah you you can do that but i
0: just i don't think conquest is interesting if you do that like the thing that makes conquest good is the fact that it's fucking hard like the fact that it really makes you Strategized in a way, and and like the objectives are so varied and interesting. The maps are like so well designed that like, chapter ten of Conquest might be the most perfectly designed scenario map like of all time in a Fire Emblem game. It is just right. brilliant. But but yes, it's
1: yeah. We'll see. It's a I'm, taste. It's a taste for sure. We'll see. I'm sure we'll find out more about this if there's a direct anytime soon in January or February.
0: Yeah. Uh, then we got luigi's mansion 3 the return of luigi um i love luigi's mansion 2 i think it's a great game and i think that it had some flaws it definitely felt like they could have made the kind of bite-sized nature of it more easy to digest just because each section was at least like 20 minutes in length and you didn't have checkpoints in between yeah and messed no up.
1: checkpoints geez
0: um it was a bit brutal in that Oof. way um, it wasn't overly difficult but it was like if you went through a level and you messed up something and you had to start again it was just like oh really have to go through this whole thing mm. all over um and i think this is bringing it more back to the original in the sense of like one big place that you explore and it seems like it's a tall tower so it, it may be a bit of a mix of the two in the fact that yes it's one place but maybe it's split up more into chunks that you explore um one at a time and and maybe there's the ability to go back and do like metroid stuff later where you go back to previous areas but but it feels like there's nothing too exciting about it yet i think the trailer was was good to be like yes it exists but so far from what they've shown there's nothing new or interesting that makes it stand out Um, but i'm glad to have another luigi's mansion it's a really cool series and i think it's one that is different enough from a lot of what nintendo does like again it's it's the nintendo take on the horror genre you know and i think as they always do they make it something that's more whimsical and approachable and it's a game that we're not really scared about playing because it's very cartoony um so so that's good it's like the only horror game that i really care to play is luigi's mansion so well done nintendo for you know converting us one more time (laughs) Do, do you
1: think we'll get this first half of the year
0: I think so. I think it's maybe a an April um May game potentially. Right. I think Fire Emblem could be May.
1: Fire Emblem usually We should do May. like maybe at the end of this do a rundown of like what's their big game each month this year because eh, J- maybe January is like Mario, February seems pretty empty, March is Yoshi, and then it's kind of messy after that. So Yeah, really- I
0: think Fire Emblem is probably May. Luigi's Mansion could be April. It could be June. It could be like pre-E3 game. Um but
1: yeah, couldn't couldn't say right now. Um cool what's next super meat boy forever um yeah and we've been hearing about this game forever it's been yeah <laughs> like, you're right it's been in our minds i guess for quite a while now yeah because and... it
0: was originally going to be like just a mobile only game and then it was expanded really? upon and was kind of built out as a bigger experience and it is It's very different because it's a runner and so Meat Boy, you can't control him with the stick. like He just kind of goes forward and it's very much about your button presses and things like that. Um, And it looks cool. I think it's definitely a game that I want to play. I'm not sure it's going to reach the heights of the original um, because it doesn't seem as unique or innovative. But it it certainly looks really well designed and, and a lot of fun. It's definitely... A bit jarring because it's a different art style. Obviously, Ed McMillan didn't work on this. Is just Tommy who who worked on this. So it's um, kind of it's not the full team. Um, but I'm definitely interested in how it plays, and and I want to play it for sure. So
1: hopefully it'll be good. Um, but it and is the, one of
0: those that I'm not 100 percent confident in.
1: And again, like I think it's one of those games that will probably sell the best on Switch because that's just yeah, where of course indie it will. Yeah. just doing so well right now. So it's and that's the, where
0: they're promoting it right now. It's, it's yeah. the, the marketing. So that makes sense and that should
1: hopefully come first quarter I don't know. yeah
0: yeah it was supposed to be out last year so I think hopefully this year it should be ready to go um, then we have Wargroove a game Oof. that you're very
1: jazzed about Ballet I am, and, and it, it does distinctively look far more Advance Warsy than it does Fire, Emble- Fire Emblem. Right, as even much though it is more like medieval and swordsy, right. um, yeah, I mechanics feel like a mix wise. of the two because it's yeah. taking the the more visual aesthetic
0: of a Fire Emblem maybe and, and mixing it with the mm. core mechanics of Advance Wars. Definitely,
1: I'm very excited. I love the first two Advance Wars games on the GBA, and we've not had one of those in a very long time, and I want to play this, and it's we've known about it for quite a while now uh i've there's been some preview things game explain had something but it didn't demonstrate any of the fighting it was just demonstrating the um map creation. right which... and they've
0: done that before e3 like showing off the, the mm. map making mode which is a neat idea you can actually make your own campaigns in it like multiple maps string them together yeah
1: and you can like animate individual sprites and put in like tech like lines for them and stuff it's pretty in depth you know, yeah. make, a, make an entire campaign which is, which is pretty cool um, yeah this is supposed to be like March so this might be a, a, something that puts me off buying Yoshi's Craft as World right <laughs> it just yeah it comes in that March slot sure but yeah I, I, I have high hopes for this game um, and again I think it's just a perfect is it's is, is it coming to all systems or just Switch
0: um, I think it's probably come to everything but obviously yeah. marketing seems to be Switch yeah. focused so that makes sense
1: so, yeah are you are you tempted by this yeah definitely i think it looks really
0: cool and i i'll wait on reviews and, and see how people talk about it but definitely seems like one of those things like golf story was a game which like doesn't speak to me necessarily but people were very positive on it. i was like yeah this looks neat enough for me to try it and i loved it i thought it was great so so definitely possibility that i will enjoy war um then we have the big boy who is it coming out in 2019 is Ooh. it not We've not even seen it yet. It's Metro Prime Four. Yeah. I don't think it comes out in 2019. But I don't really see how it cool would it be if we actually saw this video game this year. That would be nice.
1: Yeah, that's all I ask. I think I just want to see it. Yes, sake. let me see it <laughs> the excitement
0: like, for this one is not it coming out it's to see what the fuck it is yeah, yeah.
1: and i did my prediction last time where i do think that we're going to get the prime trilogy in in anticipation of that and i guess if you want everyone to play the prime trilogy it's going to take some time so you might want to put out that out this year and then everyone mm. has time to play those three games and then this comes out next year so yeah I, I don't, it shouldn't be on this list to be honest it's not i don't think it's coming 2019 no but it's not i'd like to see it this year at least
0: e3 this year we have to see prime 4 we have to like we it's, it's to. simple um it's been long enough uh, and i think then
1: that, we got the probably next up the two biggest games of the year
0: yes um, in terms of sales anyway <laughs> for definitely. sure um so we can talk about them together because we talked about pokemon previously in the last section but we've got animal crossing and pokemon gen 8 pokemon gen 8 is obviously november that's their big holiday game that will be a shoe-in there's no doubt in my mind that is what is happening there's no question and i think animal
1: crossing is going to be september october like i do think it's going to be i feel like
0: that's a bit late actually i think animal crossing is always been a summer game and i think that definitely august could be a good release window for it um that's generally where they have put some of their games for kind of that part of the year before and maybe animal crossing is big enough to where yes it could be an october game and compete with all the other big boys but i think a lot of the vibes of animal crossing is like a kind of summer chill game and mm. i think that august is a nice spot for it get,
1: you're right it's important that the time of year that game comes out right, because it dictates right the entire game is the on time. yeah right. yeah true right. right it does come out in summer because that's kind of the that's when most of the marketing for the game is done it's like green yeah. trees lots mm-hmm. of fruit and stuff it's not it's not really marketed in the winter and the autumnal colors yeah exactly as much, but yeah that's it's interesting true. yeah yeah excited for that Uh, yeah Pokemon Gen 8 like you're saying huge gonna come November shoe in yep we talked a bit about what we want in Pokemon last segment yeah Yeah. so yeah we move on Team Um, Sonic Racing well let's do these two together because they're two racing games yeah Team Sonic Racing and Crash Team Racing Racing,
0: (laughs) the remake Um, yeah I think they'll both do okay i don't think team sonic racing is going to turn out particularly well because i've heard some stuff from previews that it's not actually very good which kind of is a bummer um i played uh, sonic all-stars racing transformed a while ago on pc um and that game has some interesting things in terms of it's single player definitely think mario kart could learn a thing or two from it but it's it's kind of unpolished i don't i really don't understand people who think that it's better than mario kart because it simply just isn't it's not as clean or as good of an experience it just it feels very budget comparative like mario kart is so polished and crisp and feels amazing and team sonic racing like it's a competent driving game uh, or or kart racing game but it really does feel like it is pared down and not as much time or budget was available for that that style of game so it's unfortunate but I don't think it's going to do very well. Then Crash Team Racing, I never played the original, but people raved about it, and this remake looks really good. So I'm sure it'll be very good. And I think the it, it, interesting thing about Crash is it comes more in the tradition of the Diddy Kong Racing, where it has boss battles and stuff, and, and more of a robust single-player offering, um, which a lot of people enjoy. Mm. Um, and Mario Kart doesn't do that for us these days.
1: Yeah, so. I'd be really interested in Crash Team Racing, and I hadn't realized it was coming to Switch, so that's great if it is day and date. I don't know yeah. if it is... But, yeah, I, I would love a single-player campaign kart racing thing with Crash Team Racing. And I de- this is a game I did play a lot at friends' houses when I was very young and yeah. had a great time playing it. Cool. Um, And obviously, we don't
0: own Mario Kart 8 on Switch, so it's probably to fill that hole. So, yeah. You know?
1: that'd be good. need that game to come down in price, which it never will, but yeah. No.
0: Um, then on 3ds we have like the last dying breaths of the (laughs) system with kirby's extra epic yarn coming out on (laughs) it
1: how did anyone predict that a game like kirby's epic yarn was going to come to 3ds in 2019 no this is crazy
0: like how weird is it that you know yoshi's woolly world a game from the wii u which is a generation after the game this game is from came before this one and then they're putting over the wii game like the 3ds is such a mismatch of like generations of nintendo console games like we've had donkey kong country returns from wii kirby from wii we've had yoshi from wii u we've had luigi's mansion from gamecube like the 3ds is such a just it's a dumping ground seemingly for re-releases of yeah. console nintendo games uh from the last yeah, three generations they
1: just there's just an audience there who i guess by and large might not own a switch and they just nintendo want to make sure that that audience keep playing games and how do you yeah trying out games quickly you port them and it's 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 a
0: cheap way to like get stuff that is going to sell well and and you know yeah what's
1: 3ds sales on now it's like i
0: don't know it's over 70 80 million probably 80 yeah it's
1: Um, huge huge and uh, what switch is sitting at like 23 24 yeah something like that so i guess Um, it is a big market Definitely. Uh then
0: we have the Ace Attorney trilogy. Phoenix Wright. This is your chance, Valley, to play these games. God yeah. damn it. Finally. Yeah,
1: I mean you really wanted me to get this on uh three DS and I yes. I always just never got round to it. So mm-hmm. I think it would be nice to play it on Switch and yeah. on the go and at least give the first game a go. I've got to, gotta try it.
0: first game's really good. I think it's probably it's probably the second best game in the series actually the first um so i would say that it's a it's a good starting point it introduces you to everyone it has some really good cases some great reveals like oh it's a good game it's one of those games i wish i could play again not knowing stuff that happened because it's um it's very weird uh, and and again is you know leans into a lot of japanese craziness but has a great narrative to tie it all together and i love the deduction part of it like just slowly unraveling it yourself is is a lot of fun so um yeah be a good one for you to to get to uh, then we have Damon x machina the game they showed at e3 last year that is like super mech fight um where there are lots of mechs riding around i really don't know what this game is. i can't say
1: anything um, other than that about it as well it's just yeah um, mechs and fighting
0: i don't know it kind of I-, I thought it was a xenoblade x game when they first showed it because they do really look like the scales yeah. um and i think this is being made by marvelous and i think one of the people on the team is from uh the armored core series which was a game or a series that from software used to make um that is very mech focused and and so i think it has a pedigree to it what it actually ends up being if it's like a you know arcade style shooter or if it's something that's a bit bigger in scope i don't know but it has a style to it you can't deny that like the red and blacks that they were using in the trailer definitely striking so definitely stands out um and i'll, I'll keep an eye on it see how it does um then, Bally, it's time for you to play every Final Fantasy ever made.
1: Oh, God. Um, no, earlier I was saying coming. there's a lot of uh, JRPGs I need to play. I, I forgot uh-huh. to mention, like, Final Fantasy VII. And, yes. Yeah. So this year I do intend to play quite a few JRPGs. And that's going to be helped by every single Final Fantasy bar eight is that right coming to switch. yeah
0: so like seven nine ten and ten two and twelve are all coming to switch and i think they've confirmed release dates for ten and ten two and twelve and they're coming in april and it's already um, got
1: the pocket version of 15 it does that's true and Although it's getting those other two to... spin-offs which i can't remember the names yeah the chocobo, of, like, chocobo one something. and
0: then also world of final fantasy which oh, is the God. game that i played at um gamescom um so so yeah they're all coming so i'll play final fantasy 9 there probably because i've been waiting to play 9 for a long time um and 9 and is a game that a lot of people regard in like the top echelon of final fantasy so you're sure i
1: shouldn't just wait for the 7 remake on my ps4 <laughs> bally do you want to be a 40 year old man <laughs> with three children
0: uh by the time you play that game because uh, i would recommend uh not doing that because that's how long <laughs> it'll take to come out um, fair enough Yeah. Um, Then we have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which was the surprise reveal at the Game Awards that Nintendo has an exclusive Marvel game. Um, this
1: isn't the Avengers game. This is very no, different.
0: No, 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 no. Because that is being made by Crystal Dynamics. Right. Uh, it's going to be probably a multi-platform game. It's going to be a big AAA thing. This is a very much like Diablo-style, like action top-down kind of isometric game, which I've never really played any of those types of games before. So it, it piques my interest to some degree. And it seems like mm. it has like more classic Marvel characters yeah. in terms of like the X-Men being rolled in and stuff like that, which they couldn't even get. The in, designs
1: um, look just like those 90s cartoons. For right, yes. Characters. yeah, yeah. Like
0: Wolverine in particular like yeah. specifically um but yeah like they, they couldn't get the x-men formal versus capcom infinite so it seems like you know they are doing that for this which is neat um then we have doom eternal i still haven't played doom from um 2016 you keen a to lot play people... doom i will eventually i think i might even play it on switch despite the fact that it is 30 fps because i think weirdly that reduces my motion sickness like the fact that it's huh. not at 60 um I don't know why, but I I found that when I've watched footage of Doom on Switch, it has been less inducing in terms of that stuff and and the speed. So it might be a good idea, but I would rather play Wolfenstein: Youngblood, which is the other Bethesda shooter that is coming out. Because for me, as much as I enjoy the shooting in those games, it's the craziness of the narrative and the characters that pulls me into Wolfenstein. Where Doom doesn't really have that. Like Doom is far more of like the action and the gameplay side which as we've talked about in the last section no, neither of us really grew up on first person shooters it's not a genre that i particularly play to shoot things like i need a bit more and, and unless it's a multiplayer thing yeah. right like titanfall is the exception for me because it feels so damn good it's nice um, to have like
1: a proper single player shooter i mean yeah
0: we're about to come to another one actually but yeah it's good um yeah so yeah wolfenstein young blood is the one that i would be playing most of all as opposed to Doom Eternal. Um and then we also have Mortal Kombat Eleven, another third party game that's coming out day in day. Um I actually played the first Injustice game a couple of years back and it's cool like going through that story. I want to play Injustice 2 at some point because the like the cut and the narrative that they do in that game. I watched watched a little bit of it online. I'm like, "Oh man, this looks like a step up." So, Mortal Kombat um and, and NetherRealm generally in the last few years have been known for their really good story modes in their fighting games. So, it's one that I will keep an eye on and I only played one Mortal Kombat game before. It was on Wii mortal kombat Armageddon had awful motion controls, but I enjoyed playing it back then, and and maybe I'll uh, get into this at some point. So, there. Um, up next, Shovel Knight hopefully is coming back for its final, final Kickstarter
1: promise. They find, they find is this the final promise? Yeah, they made it's, on Kickstarter. Oh, they can finally God. work on something. Can you fucking elf.
0: believe Shovel Knight came out in 2014? They've what? been working on this game for five years. <laughs> with kickstarter things yeah, they could have put out a second if you were working
1: we i don't know ideas. they could
0: have put out a second and third game at the time which is a bummer because they are such a talented studio yeah. and everything they've done and added to shovel Knight has just made it this ridiculous package of value it's it's so so good and i want to see them do something else but man still want to play king of cards still excited mm. for it you know still want to go back yeah. to that world
1: is, is there's such a big gap between each one like the last two expansions with Plague Knight and um specter night specter night that's the one i mean they were both fantastic um experiences so look forward to this definitely when, when is that going to come do you think um i hope like first half of this
0: year hopefully before yeah. like april or so but it's been in in the cards as they say
1: for a in while cards, so. yeah. And it comes with like a little card game in it as well which is yeah interesting yeah. see.
0: um before we get into the games that are kind of like who knows what this is um <laughs> we can talk about town which is the game game um which that was neat. in one direct right yes yeah um Looks and, cool and and we don't know what that is but it seems neat uh dragon quest is coming to switch uh dragon quest 11 of course uh and hopefully that will be a good version uh everyone was speculating because this is it was literally the first game announced for nx at the time it was <laughs> the first game and it's still not out on switch so yeah um Weird. You know the footage they've shown so far seems like it's pretty similar to the PS4 version in terms of quality, so that's that's pretty good to see. um Considering like the 3DS version would have been the alternative, and that is very pared down comparative. um Kind of a bummer, 3DS version never came out here because I think it's kind of a unique, weird idea that they made this same game one on a 3DS and one on a PS4, and they look so drastically different yet they're technically the same game. Um, pretty crazy. Uh, and and then I think the last one is Bayonetta 3, which we know about is, is guaranteed. So so Bayonetta 3, I don't think is coming out this year still. Uh, we still see not enough of it. It could be something at E3 they expound on and talk a bit more about, um, but I hope we get it this year because I think it would be another... Cherry in the the kind of cap of of releases. There's lots of good stuff lined a cherry up. Cherry in the thing. cap. I don't know idioms. <laughs> who who invented? Cherry them? on top
1: or feather in cap. You got to pick one or the other.
0: No, I will I will choose my With own. The feather on I, the cake. There's a feather on the cake. There, there we go. go. That's right, true. Um, well, so there you go. <laughs> Main answer, You heard it here first. It's the feather on the cake of 2019. <laughs> um, bring it along. Um, and then we get into four games, which I think are like. What are they? What I is? Them.
1: What even is? Star Fox Grand Prix. Yes. What's happening? Well, is Star my, Fox Grand Prix real? Is my prediction what... was it is and it's gonna come and it's gonna be great. Yeah. But that could all be um, a lie. So we'll find out sooner. It could all be a lie. Retro Studios could be working on something
0: else. We still don't know what Retro Studios is working on, but I'm excited to see it. Tropical
1: Freeze has come out and been remade in that time. Yes. For God's sake. Yes. God um damn.
0: last time they released a actual new game was in 2014, yeah, the Tropical Freeze. Same year as Shovel Knight. So, this is the
1: start of 2014 as well.
0: Yeah. So it's been five years. It feels like five years is a long time for Retro Studios. Like, usually, like, they, obviously, they went from Prime through to 3. Then they had the Donkey Kong games, which the first one came out on Wii in, like, I don't know, I want to say 2010-ish. So it was only, like, four years between that and Tropical Freeze. And obviously, that's a console jump. It's been longer than that. And I don't know if a Grand Prix, like, Star Fox game racing thing would involve that much development time. Maybe there was something else they were working on that got cancelled in between, and who knows, but Retro is a studio that I always follow with great interest, despite the fact that, you know, I only really like two of their games, um, so, but we'll see. I I think that they definitely have something cooking that will please people, um can we get persona 5 on switch please okay thanks um that's that uh i think that obviously that's going to be announced atlas have been teasing it it seems like with the joker announcement with smash brothers it's an inevitability that persona 5 will be re-released mm. um and could i switch. could
1: i start with persona 5 would oh, that yeah. be yeah yeah, fine, yeah. it's like final, oh, no, like final Fantasy. they're all standalone yeah there's there's
0: they're... no uh sequential they're all different groups of teenagers with their own add it to, to, to the
1: with. 2019 jrpg list hey persona
0: 5 is a 90 hour game just normally like that was me playing through on easy without grinding or anything it's it's story just generally played on easy
1: right okay yeah
0: yeah yeah so i didn't grind at all and i pretty much beat all the palaces in like the minimum amount of time and and you also
1: play games a lot faster than me so this is looking yeah well it was
0: it was also like a time when i had just had exams and i had a month off and so i basically binged persona 5 for like two weeks straight doing nothing like there were days where i played like 12 hours of persona 5 You You yes i I just fucking binged it and it still took me a month to finish because it's 90 fucking hours long um yeah so you can play it but be warned okay Um, uh, pikmin 4 what the fuck is that does it exist? Is it going to be? That was
1: done. Meanwhile, said it was done. He, d- he, he lied. did,
0: and, he, and I think recently in like 2017, he mentioned it again. Um, I imagine that Pikmin 4 is going to come, and I hope that it is something that is a bit more uh, reinventive. Maybe Pikmin I don't 3 was awesome. Will. I think. Yeah.
1: Just, I, I, I don't know if they should maybe reinvent th- three, but just add some more ideas and i think that
0: three was such a refined version of pikmin that yeah. all can just like take that stuff and run just, with
1: it a bit more the only negative part of pikmin 3 was that final boss i absolutely loved all of the rest of that and
0: game, i actually so. kind of enjoyed the final boss i thought it was a neat idea it was um, weird but yeah it, it was a little weird yeah it is like okay like slowly getting a, a better path through this place to eventually fight it is you yeah. know it's a, it's a cool um concept uh and then maybe you know they could maybe do pikmin
1: 3 whatever. is primed for a port on switch like yeah. that's another one that you could see maybe right happening. like
0: prime trilogy potentially as we've talked about in the past yeah. um great and then the last one is monolith soft what the fuck are they making because they are a developer that makes remarkably large games in a remarkably small amount well, of they've time they've just finished torna so I they know. did you but think... also like they went from xenoblade x and made xenoblade 2 in like two that was years. weird you're right that was Which crazy is fucking crazy like they work at a level that is kind of unheard of and they do obviously so much engine work with nintendo like breath of the wild is built on tech that monolith soft um helped create so they are a developer that i adore i think they're easily like top three nintendo studios and Um, i want to see what they're making and they have two teams now one of which is like headed by takahashi and is working on the next whatever xenoblade thing they're going to do and the other team is that medieval game like that action rpg which we've only seen slight bits of artwork from but looks very tantalizing Um, and i'm very interested to see what that is so hopefully they show that this year Um, i'd be very stoked to see whatever they work on next because i'm in i'm in for it so
1: nice okay what would be your top five then for
0: the year man it's hard uh, i think that obviously there are ones that we want to come out um that would make the list but maybe are less certain like metro prime 4 i don't think is coming out but probably if we're talking about excitement i think we could put that on the list just for you alone um, oh yeah uh i would actually say animal crossing yeah weirdly I, i'm I starting to get excited, excited about animal crossing yeah. i was watching so there's this video that's been going around recently of this grandma who has played animal crossing like every day for the last four years um and she's put three and a half thousand hours into animal crossing and like her grandson basically like did this video with her of, of walking around her town what? and doing a tour of it um and i was just like watching some animal crossing it's New on leaf, 3ds and like, yes and i was like man this game is cozy and cool and i i really like just I chilling out Animal Crossing um yeah you should look it up it was it was initially a tweet that went viral and he was the guy was like um my grandma's like 3ds just broke and we had to replace it and we only just realized that she's played animal crossing every day for the last four years since it came out or whatever um which is kind of cool um so yeah uh so yeah i'd put animal crossing on there so i'd say Metroid Prime 4 and animal crossing um luigi's mansion 3 yeah i don't know i don't know if i would i i am excited to play it i'm not as excited as some other games um i would probably actually take hmm, wargroove yeah i think wargroove would probably work on there more for me um in terms of something right we've got three then animal Um, crossing
1: wargroove metro prime 4
0: um man i mean fire emblem's weird i i'm kind of not that excited about it just from what we've seen like i want to see more of it i think i need to see more of yeah. it yeah um i would put bayonetta 3 on here just bayonetta. because bayonetta 2 is so amazing and i want to play another bayonetta and i think that that game is just going to be so much fun
1: we can put uh, bayonetta 3 on but i think we
0: should add luigi's mansion 3 as well oh, it's the a compromise a compromise um, yeah fine i mean i'm not excited about luigi's mansion 3 as much as i probably should be given what we've you know we haven't seen as much of it so so there's that factor but i probably am more excited to see what luigi's mansion 3 is so so sure we can put that on the list um so i think that's that's oh, probably yeah. it then um so far. very easy so metro prime 4 animal crossing war groove bayonetta 3 luigi's mansion 3 um yeah it's the year of threes i guess marvel think, ultimate alliance 3 yeah no no that's not gonna make not it quite um cool uh all right well i guess that's pretty much it i mean because we don't know if it's actually a game yet yeah, i would put monolith soft game on this list oh well, but... yeah
1: but, but that's, i don't know why you think that's gonna literally come this year but
0: uh, well i don't know it's just i think they they work at a speed that is scary sometimes so that's why it's possible but anyway Anyway, those are some of the games that we're looking forward to in 2019. One of some of yours. I don't know. This feels like a YouTube question of the day or some shit. <laughs> so, like, going to tell you to say in the comments below or some bollocks. But I don't know. You could maybe like, write comment, in subscribe. and send us some emails of things that you're looking forward to in 2019. We can maybe go through some of those. Um, yeah. Uh, so where can they send emails to, Bal, if they want to ask us please questions? Please and stuff send like your
1: that. emails to thisnintendolife at gmail.com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. We really, really need more. Um, I've not said that in a while because I actually mean it this time
0: yes yeah please do send them we we would like to hear from as many people as possible um you can find us obviously in various places on the internet we've got um, a backlog club yes i'm um, don't worry about it we'll get right. to it um right. you can find us in uh the twitters you can follow our podcast account which is at tnl podcast that's where you get all the updates on things like our backlog club Uh, or our discord uh, or um or things like our youtube channel um and obviously links to our patreon things like that which is the place where you can go to vote um on our next backlog club which bally do you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah so um all patrons can vote on our next backlog club game uh we've gone for a 3ds theme for this this time and your choices your three games are Nintendo Dogs plus Cats oh yeah <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 1 the and remake. Kirby Triple Deluxe so yeah those are three 3DS games neither of us have played um and we'd like to play all three at some point but for now just pick your favorite pick pick what game you want us to talk about the most i think all three could create a good discussion and as i said yeah you if you support us on patreon for on any tier even the one dollar tier you can vote in that poll um Mm -hmm. so head on over to patreon and they're all very accessible obviously
0: because they're 3ds games you can download them from the e-shop um Two of them, Kirby and uh, Nintendogs, so are both the Nintendo Selects line now, so you can get so those for a cheaper price. Yeah, but Luigi,
1: just, just if from... you want to pay a premium, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion's there. Yeah. True. Um, um,
0: um, so, yeah, vote for one of those three games uh, in our Backlog Club, and we'll be getting that underway in a little bit. It'll um, we'll be fun. I'm excited to play at least some of those. How long is the one.
1: poll going to be open, MBZ?
0: Um, I would say we give it until maybe the episode after next so right actually or maybe just i don't know maybe next episode maybe that feels like too short a period of time um i can't remember what we did last time but i would like to get started on this one probably a bit sooner so maybe by next episode so you've got two weeks basically to vote um to if you listen to
1: this episode on the day that it comes out on yes the monday
0: Yep, and uh and obviously we will give uh some reminders on Twitter and stuff like that, so be sure to follow the podcast account at TNL Podcast. And where can you find us because 'Cause we'll probably be talking about that stuff as well, Bally. Where can they find you on the internet?
1: Uh I'm on Twitter at Ballyman ninety one that's B-A-L-L-Y-M-N nine one.
0: Very good. You can find me at LordNBZ. Uh, obviously the show is in lots of places. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, you can download us on pretty much every pod catching app that you have unless it's Spotify or something fancy like Google Play Store. It's fucking nonsense. Um, yeah, just uh, find our show. Rate us on iTunes. Review us. We love hearing those. Those are all great, and they help build up the show and all that good stuff. Um, and obviously, you can support us directly on Patreon where you can vote in our backlog clubs and things like that. And uh, you can go to patreon.com slash thisnintendolife. Uh, Bally, we've got some people to
1: thank. Yes, thank you to our two $10 tier patrons. They are, of course, my girlfriend Caroline and Atari Alex. Thank you for your support. And thank you to our Sponsorship tier supporter uh, that is Daniel V. Thank you for your support as well. Yes, we should say our first episode of the year came out in January, and that was just last week, and that was a, a take on music and video games from 2018 we we got through about a good 32 tracks or something i think it's how many i edited into that show i know <laughs> so geez, it must have been if you want to just have that. a really good time listening to some of the music from 2018 we talk about a lot of it so well worth checking out and we'll have an episode of tnl ranks coming in february so you won't want to miss that either
0: perfect um all right well i think that's pretty much gonna close things out thank you everyone for sticking with us and listening and uh yeah we will see you in a couple of weeks time um with some more video game nonsense and maybe nintendo will have announced a direct by then who knows anything could happen so uh thanks and uh we'll see you soon bye-bye folks Musical interludes used on today's show were the Stage 1 theme from Super Castlevania 4, copyright Konami 1991, and September by Earth, Wind & Fire from Elite Beat Agents, copyright INIS 2006.